Well, this is a, a friendly and warm group of people in this church family, and I've been blessed since I returned this week by um, many, many, many of you coming up to me and asking who I was, <laughs> welcoming me to St. Paul's, um, wanting to know what my name was, and so on and so forth. Uh, such a warm, loving group of comedians that we have here. I um, can only, only an introvert could say this as uh, inadequately, perhaps as I, an extrovert might be much more exuberant, but um, uh, please know I am so excited, uh, not so much to be back, although I'm excited about that, but to see your faces, that's it's so exciting, uh, beginning last Tuesday and uh, through the time at the communion at the Presbyterian home a few days ago with uh, those wonderful people there and then to see you all this morning. I thank you for such a warm welcome back as well. Um, when Ellen and I were out and about and traveling, um, we locked in on songs. Um, we, we're music lovers. Um, we can't play music, but we love to listen to it. And uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros sing a song about love. And the refrain is, Ah, home, let me come home. Home is whenever... I'm with you, ah, home. And Ellen and I were a, a bit of a honeymoon trip for us to the Northwest, and we would look across the car at each other and say, home is whenever I'm with you. And uh, we would smile about that, and we heard that song a bunch. We liked the rhythm of it and so on and so forth. But let me tell you, uh, I can say the same about you all. Home is whenever I'm with you, home. And... Uh, not so much this geographical location, which is unique and special and wonderful in itself, the low country and Somerville especially, uh, but it's the people that I, uh, Ellen and I live among that we are so blessed by. It's great to be home. And it's great to see you all. Let's not forget where we've been and where we are and where we're heading. Oh, that you would bless us a lot, Lord. Enlarge our territory of influence. Lord, that your hand, in other words, Lord, your spirit, your Holy Spirit, your power would be with us. Keep us from evil that we would not cause pain. Well, uh, what a fall we have to enter into, and that's also why I am so excited to be back. Not only to see my friends, the friends of Jesus as well, but seeing what God plans to do through us, enlarging ultimately the number of disciples he has that follow him. I mean, after all, when you launch a new primary major Sunday morning service, that's essentially a church plant on the church grounds. Instead of moving off to some distant place, it's basically planting a new congregation right here to make room for those uh, we heard about in the gospel this morning. Uh, a lost sheep here, a lost coin there. In other words, the, literally as one person said, oh, Mike, there are thousands in Somerville who need to know the Lord. They're out there, and we need to find them. Remember the ones blowing the whistle, a, a whistle for needing rescue, who are speaking to us in such a way we want to draw them in. So we have a new church plant this morning. Notice there's room here for you to invite your friends, no doubt partly because some of those who are usually here are going to be there at 1045 in one setting or the other, and uh, there'll be room there as well. What's God going to do with that? Or what about impact together? 
an exciting launch this evening. What a full day and a big day. An incredible, extraordinary meal. I don't know if you saw the menu yet in your flyer in the Sunday news. Pork tenderloin served at church. Can you believe it? That's a long ways from pepperoni pizza and all you can eat. Um, a soup du jour, etc., etc. Salad and soup. Alpha on Tuesday. Alpha has been our main street in many ways. It's been a place where folks could grow, be transformed, even be especially converted and baptized. Alpha launches Tuesday night. So what we have created are various vehicles and ways and means to assist you in your discipleship work, to invite the one who is supposed to be here. Well, added to all that, the reason I'm excited is I personally always enjoy tackling a sermon series, and we would like to do that beginning next week. We are going to look at a book of the Bible this time. We haven't done that in years and make our way through one particular Bible. And so it would be worthwhile on your part, whether you have it on your smartphone or your iPad or use that good old-fashioned paper and ink style, uh, bring your Bible next week and for the next several weeks if you don't already so you can be there to read and mark it and learn it as we engage it. We're going to look at Ephesians, Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. But what we all as disciples have discovered through the years, it's amazing that sometimes those letters must have been written also for the church where we are. St. Paul Somerville, a letter to the church in Somerville, in other words. And the wonderful thing about this letter and its timing for us is that Paul wrote that letter to expand the horizons of his readers. He wasn't so much as challenging them about a wayward direction like he does with the church in Corinth or Galatia. Here he is writing a letter to say, you're not thinking big enough, disciples. The purpose of your life, disciples, is bigger and more significant than you can dare imagine. Not in the way the world sees that kind of bigness, success, and power, and fame. Not in that sort of way. But God has a big plan and a big purpose for our lives. And so Paul writes excitedly about it to the church in Ephesus and Somerville. So he will say, we've been saved. Wow, that's great news. I was a lost sheep. You were a lost coin somewhere in your life. We've been saved. But he says not only for our personal benefit, as good as that may be, but also to bring praise and glory to God through how we begin to live out our lives from that point forward. Lived out lives through being those of a generous spirit. Generosity. Living out lives telling God's story to those who have lost their way and lost hope. And so we are witnesses of this glorious news and ministry to others. We've had a heart meltdown, a heart transplant, and the heart of Jesus that now is growing within us is a heart that says, I want to help some people. I want to help and do some good. But I want to do it in the name of Jesus, not just because I'm a good old American or a good old guy or whatever. No, I want to do it in that particular kind of Mother Teresa way, in the name of Jesus and for Jesus, Matthew 25. So let's just take a brief look at Ephesians today as we read from the first chapter. 
And I simply invite you to engage this for the next uh, five weeks. We will engage this, make our way through it. We can't read the whole letter or speak to the whole letter on Sunday morning, but we want to provide you some materials next week that will also give you something to accomplish at home and perhaps something even to accomplish within a family context. Faith at home and give you some tools and a way to do this so that we're all walking in this together. So Paul wrote, writes this letter to the saints in Somerville, if you will. The saints, the friends of Jesus, in other words. To the disciples, in other words. The faithful, in other words, he says, in Christ Jesus. And what can anyone do when one has discovered the reality of the living Lord, has taken the Lord into one's own life, has had that heart transformation feels a new kind of empowerment to break away from the sin and darkness of our lives and break into the light and become ministers of the gospel ourselves. What can one do but be lost in wonder, love, and praise? And Paul does that in a regular fashion in his letters, and he leads off right here. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. Praise be who have blessed us, us, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He chose us, Paul writes. He predestined us. He has known from the beginning of time that He would work for us. The Lord Himself, the Lord Jesus Himself, would work for our favor to bring us into His family. He predestined us to adoption as His sons and daughters. Glory to God! Awesome! What a God we serve. In Him, he goes on to say, we have redemption. Cost Him His life through His blood. We've been bought. We've been redeemed. We were lost. We've been recovered. We've been rescued. That life ring was thrown to us and we were brought into the boat of life. In Him, we have the forgiveness of sins those things which we ought not to have done that we have done, those things we ought not to have done, and those things we should have done. We ask forgiveness, and we receive it. And the consequences of those sins are paid for by Jesus himself. And once upon a time, after having read this letter here and there for years, once upon a time, as you know and I am familiar with, sometimes a certain verse of Scripture will just leap off the page on that given occasion. This happened once. I'd read through this before numerous times as a young Christian, no doubt. And somewhere the scales fell from my eyes or another layer of those scales, and uh, it just caught my attention, and I was riveted as Paul wrote, and he made known to us the mystery of his will. What is God's purpose? Why was I created? What is earth here for? What is going on here? Is there any purpose? Is it just life in an endless cycle of whatever, good and bad, darkness and evil? Or is there a linear direction to this deal? What is going on? And Paul writes here, and if you choose to believe Paul, as I do, as God's word, he says he has made known to us. The world doesn't necessarily understand this. Stephen Hawking does not understand this, but he's made known to us the mystery of his purpose. What is it? 
I remember on that occasion just sort of all of a sudden moving to the edge of my seat. Okay, I've been waiting for this. I've been looking for it. I majored for a while in philosophy. I read English literature looking for truth. What is his purpose? Glory to bring all things. All things. All angelic beings. All spiritual beings. All human beings. To bring all things in heaven and on earth. All world faiths in his own grand plan to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. If you know that, you know something that people of the world, some do not know. We pray, God, that they will know one day. The Jews, the Muslims, the Buddhists, I don't know how God's going to do it. But if you believe this, he says he's going to do it. I believe he's going to do it. He's going to bring a world conversion somehow, someday. And where these religions have some helpful aid to people, thanks be to God for that. It's usually rooted in love when it is helpful. It mirrors the gospel. But some point along the way, somehow all that's going to come under the headship, the lordship of Christ. Well, that's glorious and glory. God's eternal purpose, his mystery, to bring all things in heaven on earth, to bring you and me under one head, even Jesus. Are you already there? Well, you need to be like Paul. Praise be to God for the blessing I have. Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, because some have not yet seen it. And part of our work is to find those others chosen and predestined who have gotten off the track, and we become the vessel and instruments of God's grace. So, I'm excited not only about today and about this week, I'm excited about this fall 2011. Not that we haven't had wonderful and glorious fall seasons and seasons of our lives in the past, here and elsewhere, but I'm excited about the present. Seeing my friends, the friends of Jesus, seeing what God plans to do through us to enlarge the number of disciples that he has, a new church plant, all of that. So this sermon series to kind of set us on the same track yet again, uh, to talk about disciples as friends of Jesus, disciples as friends of one another, life in community, disciples as friends to others, You know, Jesus says in John's Gospel, disciples were servants. He says in John's Gospel, no longer do I call you servants, but I have called you friends. And he says in John 15, I chose you. Paul simply is giving reaffirmation to that. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. Rescued, blessed to be a blessing, rescued for a purpose. So we will take this sermon series in three steps, and we'll take it in three steps through Ephesians. It will take us five weeks to do the three steps, and one of them is a reminder for us, but it may be something someone else needs to hear starting next week that's not here today, and we are to be the instrument of, purpose, of that purpose to have them here 
what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us. We say it in our beloved Nicene Creed, for us and our salvation he came. We'll speak about in another week the aha moment that there has to come a time in one's life. It may have taken a moment of time. It may take years for that to happen. The aha moment when we finally see what others have seen, that we've heard about but never took to heart ourselves. The aha moment. We'll see that through the letter to the church in Ephesus and Somerville. And finally, as a third part of this, after we understand what Christ has accomplished for us, after the aha moment, what usually happens to an individual? They become partakers, participants in a new life as a disciple. So our fall mission, if you will, is being the body of Christ intentionally at home and like Waffle House hash browns when we're gathered and when we're scattered. <laughs> so, we're going to have some assignments for the fall. Ways to introduce a person to Jesus and to his friends is we are providing vehicles to you, old vehicles and new vehicles, but excellent vehicles. A new service, which makes space in our other services and the new service. Impact together. What a wonderful place to invite someone who's uncomfortable with church for whatever reasons to bring them to a night of dinner, fellowship, and perhaps a class. Alpha. Yet there again on Tuesday night. Maybe it's your small group as you have done in the past. And so your assignment, bring yourself, bring your family, or bring a friend, or both, to impact together, to worship, to your small group. We're thinking about this intentional season of our lives of enlarging our territory. Bring your Bible high-tech or low-tech. Be prepared that we will give you, starting next week, something to do at home to tie this together through faith at home and enabling that conversation once or twice a week within your own family. And pray. Continue to pray as you've been praying, I hope. Pray, oh Lord, that you would bless us a lot. Lord, that you would enlarge our territory of influence for the gospel, for the kingdom, for the lost sheep and the lost coin person. And Lord, that not by might, not by strength, that your hand, your spirit, your power would enable this. That we would go forth out of here from Sunday to Sunday, starting today, in the power of the spirit to do this work. Not willpower, Holy Spirit power. And Lord, keep us from causing any problems out there. Keep us from evil that we would not cause harm in anyone's lives. But Lord, let's make a difference. Help us to make a difference. Let's impact the world. The world of Somerville, the world of our homes. In Jesus' name. What a fall mission we have. What an exciting time to be a disciple. What a great time to be a member of the St. Paul's family. What a privilege to serve the Lord. Are you with me? I hope so. Amen.